Well, I have no idea if this is actually going to work or not, but I'm going to give it a try. I am not driving right now, so you don't need to worry about it, although that would be really interesting. I am actually in a parking garage. I am at board meetings all day. I'm about to go off for a dinner and then um, stay overnight with my good friend Rick. And I had not planned on doing this, but I found out during the meeting today that the Queen, the Queen of England, has passed away today and the world is mourning her. And it prompted a few thoughts, and I thought I would just like to share them with you. When Nancy and I first got married, we spent the first year of our married life living in the United Kingdom, mostly in Scotland. And um, people's affection for the Queen and her willingness to do quite humble things was very striking. It's a remarkable life when you think that she served over 70 years, prime ministers from Winston Churchill uh, up to the most recent prime minister who was named just this week. Uh, her presence on a global stage of leadership was quite remarkable. And as well, I was thinking how uh, often during her reign, there would be other women that were uh, other figures that were quite glamorous, uh, her sister Margaret at one point, and then Princess Diana, and then Kate and Meghan, so that the Queen, which one would think of as a quite powerful and glamorous job, ended up being thought of as quite matronly. And when we were over there, she might go to uh, help inaugurate a uh, shopping center or something, but served. And I think part of why the world remembers her and uh, mourns is that we long so much for a figure that will unite us. We lived in such a polarized and divisive time that uh, particularly in the United Kingdom, when different parties hold office and they come and go, that idea that there was someone who transcends partisan divisions and who somehow represents or expresses us as a nation or who it is that we want to be or somebody to whom we can all have a sense of connection, feeds something deep within us. And so I thought this would also be the opportunity as we think about that notion of somebody who serves in a role like that to be a queen or a king to ask, why does that resonate so deeply in us? We're all made to count. We're all made to have an impact in our world. And one of the ways that the Bible talks about that is through the language of kingdom or queendom. Um, and the reality is that each of us is made to be a king or a queen, to have a little domain in which we reign. And uh, somebody asked George MacDonald one time, the great Scottish preacher and writer, why is it that so often you write books about princes and princesses? Because that's what he loved to write about. And his response was really interesting. He says, because a prince or a princess is simply a child of the king, a son or a daughter of the king. And that's what everybody is. And so that's what I write about. And that's what you were made to be. That's what I was made to be. We were made in the image of God. And so... Um, that kind of language, which can be a little odd for those of us who live in the States where we don't have that figure of a monarch, but that notion that in the beginning God says that human beings were to exercise dominion, and then God says rule, and that carries all the way through to the book of Revelation when it talks about the saints sitting on their thrones. 
And the idea is that we are to take the gifts that God has given us and to use them to represent Him in partnership together with Him, to seek to care for our world. Each one of us is in our own very small ways to reign. But we are not to do that on our own. My little kingdom and your little kingdom and neighborhoods and schools and companies all come together and form a much larger conglomeration, the kingdom of the earth. And we long for that kingdom. Kingdoms are basically systems of personal power. That's what they are. We long for those kingdoms to be in alignment with God's kingdom. And uh, we long for justice to be done and for love to be expressed. My um, mentor in preaching, Ian Pitt Watson, um, was, among other things, the chaplain to the royal family. And he met Queen Elizabeth when Charles was just a little boy. He, Ian used to love to tell the story. He was at Belmoral Castle because Ian was in Scotland and he was playing a game called Sardines. It's kind of like a reverse form of hide and seek. So Ian was squatted down under a sofa and he said, as he put it, he saw a very lovely ankle. And so he had to back out and that's how he first presented himself to Queen Elizabeth, the, the, the Queen of England. We all long to have uh, governance that will carry justice and be governed with, as the Bible talks about with David, integrity of heart. It's interesting that in the Bible, uh, there is a um, very ambivalent note sounded on the notion of kingdom. On the one hand, the king could be called the anointed. David was a man's after God's own heart, and he shepherded the people with the integrity of his heart. So he was called the Lord's anointed. But at the same time, when Israel asked for a king, God took that as them rejecting him. God said to the prophet Samuel, when they said, we want a king, we want to be like all the other people. Everybody else has a king, so we want to be like them. God says, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And so God did lead to the selection of the king, but God also made it clear that God's ultimate goal for the human race is not that there would be any human power that holds ultimate authority over us, but they would, that we would live in the kingdom of God. So we thank God for governments, like our government, like the government in England and the Queen that can bring order and stability and freedom to life. Ultimately, we are called to bring our little lives into alignment with God's kingdom. And what I want to say to you now is, um, the way that the scripture puts it, uh, God's people are a royal nation. You are a child of the king. You are a prince. You are a princess in the deepest sense. And we are made to partner together with God to seek to exercise dominion in his world. So do that today as you go from one moment to the next. Remember your identity. Remember that you are in partnership with and alignment with the king. Make today count. One last thought. Uh, I, I was going to say this and then I forgot and now I just remembered. Uh, one of my favorite books 
is uh, about the lore of kingship in England called The Once and Future King, the story of Arthur. And of course, the Arthurian legend has all kinds of Christian elements to it. I was also reading in the first chapter of the book of Acts recently, where the disciples are together with Jesus, and then he is taken up and he's gone, and they are told by divine messengers, why are you looking up into the heavens? This is Jesus who is taken up, and if he was taken up, he will return. There is something inside of us that longs for the once and future king, that knows that we were created for shalom, that has somehow been lost, and we long for the one who will restore it. And ultimately, that one is Jesus. And so, uh, we never have to despair, no matter how much pain our little kingdoms may feel like they are in, because the once and future king is coming back, and he gives us hope, and he gives us meaning. Now go, make today count.